Good morning, everyone. Happy Thursday. Hope everyone's enjoying this rainy weather we've had for this whole week. Um, welcome to the DD Sportscast. How are you doing, David? I'm doing just fine. You know, trying to trying to stay warm. Um, you know, it's, as it's getting a little bit colder outside. So, um, how about yourself? I'm hanging in there. You know, we just moved into the new place, getting everything situated. This rain is really making the weather unbearable, though. I see you got your nice fireplace in the background. <laughs> yeah, keep keep me warm. But, all right, let's, you know, we got the chit-chat going, a little bit of banter. Now, how about we talk about this World Series? Because I've been dying to uh, talk about this decision. Uh, yeah, you know, um, Dodgers, pretty well, the, the summary of it is Dodgers prove that, you know, ultimately in the end, nine times out of ten, money's money's gonna gonna win um you know they paid mookie the big contract they didn't necessarily pay him to be an everyday producer but they paid him specifically for these moments and he cashed in on that um and really i mean i totally understand why you know the dodgers spent all that money on him um Unfortunately for the Rays, you know, they came up a little bit short. Um, uh, I'll let you get to the, the more of their side of it. But overall, it was a really good series for the Dodgers. Um, they really kind of all pulled it together. Um, something they couldn't do in the past was finish games, and they were very dominant in the late innings, um, excluding the whole flubbed um, in center field ball that, that you know ultimately cost them one game, but uh, ultimately their bullpen was really good. Um, the biggest move I think they made um, this season, um, at, kind of towards the end of last season to this season, is moving Urias to the bullpen. Um, he was absolutely outstanding in the series and all throughout the playoffs. And, you know, obviously it's nice to have that arm um, in the pen with how much uh, action he has and as well as, you know, the speed um, – that he that he produces but overall Dodgers are going to be a pretty solid team for a few years um, especially obviously Mookie Betts isn't going anywhere anytime soon um, obviously when they have to start paying people they're going to lose a little bit of their talent um, and I would say overall it helped the fact that they won definitely helped uh, Clayton Kershaw's legacy just a bit you know he still will be known as the guy who really could never come up clutch but he came up when he needed to in game five Got his team the victory, and you know that's all that can really be said. Clayton Kershaw also had the help from a foreign substance, which we will never know to what what it was. I, I would, I, I, yes, exactly. You know, I made the joke on my Facebook because I don't know what is on the Dodgers pitching staff hats, but they all have a brown stain in the middle of their hat. And don't get me wrong, like it could literally just—I don't even know what it could be, but it's not sweat because I played baseball for many years and was a pitcher. And when I started to sweat, I'd have a white sweat ring around my hat. You know, I played for a team that had blue hats, so I know exactly what it should look like. And that is darker than what their their hat is. And I'm not—I'm not calling him a cheater or anything, but something's got to be on that hat because. Uh, well, I tell you what, they, they they were having some movement the you know the last few few games of the series. But anyway, moral of the story: it was a really good series. I'm glad that it, you know it, it went at least six games. Wish it would have went seven. I, I think that game seven would have been electric. But ultimately, um, one decision you know swayed this game, and uh, I'll just let you take it from there. All right, guys. So my third imposter award goes to Kevin Cash of the Tampa Bay Rays. This is because you don't pull out a starting pitcher who has 72 pitches and is throwing an absolute gem of a game six. What in the world are you thinking? I mean, yes, I get it. Maybe you want to arrest him to potentially pitch in game seven. But if he gets his job done in game six, you don't need him in game seven unless you are absolutely in dire need. This is the most boneheaded move I had seen out of the playoffs this whole season i don't understand what he was thinking he had one hit through five gives up a second hit and you decide to pull him i mean i it's idiotic if you ask me you should have let him go until he was in worse situations because this was his game to lose and he had been pitching so well up to this point you have to trust your starters 
if you can't trust your starters, you shouldn't be in the game. Yeah, and I think that this this kind of had to do with, um, you know, the 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 way the series ended up kind of had to do with, you know, on from the manager's standpoint, um, experience because, uh, you know, in the past. Um, something that has really been the Achilles heel of this Dodgers team is that Dave Roberts usually overmanages um, the Dodgers and ultimately either pulls somebody too soon, leaves somebody in too long, um, makes an interesting, you know, defensive decision, um, you know, in the past has really cost him um, games. And I think that, you know, him going up against better managing has ultimately made him a better manager and a better game, you know, gamesman. Um, and I think that that kind of showed in this series where he was going up against a relatively new manager, obviously, um, like especially to the playoffs for that matter. And I think that it showed whenever it came down to it. Um, same thing happened with uh, Madden whenever the Cubs went in 2016. Uh, uh, I, they, uh, they pulled Kyle Hendricks um, way too early, went to Oroldis Chapman. It was a big deal because, you know, I don't, or they, excuse me, they went to John Lester and it was. Yeah, but you guys ended decision. up winning that series anyway. So it doesn't. Uh, I, I know, but that's game point. seven. You take out an ace. This is literally this very similar situation. Obviously, that's in the, the game, like the, the game to win it. And, you know, they had to win. You know, he's thinking of ahead. And I understand, like, I understand why he did it, but it's a terrible reason why he did it. And also, Willie Adamas needs to be benched. I don't even know what he was brought up for all i saw was strikeout after strikeout after strikeout um i think looking back at the stats he had a total of like 65 strikeouts in the postseason i mean you can't let someone like that play in a world series especially when he has a 143 average i mean that is absolutely i mean that whole offense looked lackluster brandon lau had a 160 average um Manny Margo had a 381, Jason Wendell 105, Mike Dezunino 118, Willie Adamas 143, and Austin Meadows 188. How do you win a World Series with batting averages that low? I, I Do you think that they would possibly be in the sweepstakes to try to get a, you know, somebody to bolster that middle of the infield, um, specifically like with a bat possibly? I think Colton Wong is a good Colton Wong is a good fit for this Tampa Bay organization. And I think that might be where he ends up. Colton Wong is probably not going to be a St. Louis Cardinal anymore. And I hate to say it just like I hate to hate to think that Yachty is not coming back to wear a Redbird uniform. So do you think, so somebody who kind of stuck out, you know, if you, if you kind of look at the, the 2021 uh, MLB free agents, um something something that kind of stuck out to me you know you're in a win now mode so you don't necessarily need a future um pick but if you want somebody who is going to give you production at the plate there is you know uh say a dd gregorius who's kind of you know he's established himself as a hitter um you know or you could even reach for you know, a younger guy who hasn't really given given the proper opportunity to really show himself like uh, Jose Peraza from the Red Sox. Um, there's just a couple names. I mean, you have a lot of defensive guys who are available, but obviously you already have defense with Adamas. Um, you, there's uh, Marcus Simeon, um, Alderton Simmons, Freddie Galvis, Jose Iglesias. I mean, all of these are kind of older guys that you can get for maybe one, two years just to, you know, try to win now, win now mode, um, give them a, a base deal. I mean, honestly, you could even go for uh, a Matt Joyce type of player. One, he brings veteranship, uh, veteran status to the team. He can help oversee it. But he's also a good – and honestly, the person I'm looking at the most is DJ LeMahieu. He put on a clinic for the New York Yankees this year, and I think he would be a great um, addition to this race team. One, to help to bolster the defense because that defense looked pretty shaky in, throughout the playoffs. But uh, it's, it's a little early to be calling out all of these situations. 
But one I would also like to see is I would like to see Jake Odorizzi come back to St. Louis from Minnesota. I mean, it, it, it's going to be very interesting um, all season. There is a – there's a, quite a few, um, you know – I'd say some of the more notable, you know, free agents, um, obviously the, the hometown, the hometown boys, um, you got a, a few other ones that are going to be coming up here soon. Um, you have a lot of pitchers that are going to be hitting the market. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty crazy. Um, I'm anxious to see where Kevin Pillar goes. That man can, can run and play some center field. I think he would fit in anywhere who's looking for a really good center field. Yeah, he lacks a little bit in the offensive category, but if you're running a DH, you can kind of pick up that slack slightly. So maybe he ends up in the AL. Yeah, there there is a lot of there's a lot of pitchers, a lot I know the big the big thing um, a lot of people are interested to see where um, which, where Trevor Bauer does end up um, ultimately or if he does end up anywhere. Um, so that will be interesting to watch. I know he's the big name um, starting pitcher that's going to be I floated mean, around. Places. There's a lot of names on this list. I mean, George Springer, Josh Reddick, Jackie Bradley Jr., Bauer, as you mentioned, um, Francisco Cervelli, Jonas Espedes, Marcus Stroman, DJ LeMayu, Mike Fears, Jake Arrieta, you know, Molina, Wainwright, Colton Wong, D. Gordon, Corey yeah, Kluber. There's like, a lot of established guys who have proven that to, uh, you know, on the big stage that they can perform. And, you know, if for these teams who are in win now mode, there's a lot of options out there for you to, you know, take a stab at um, bolstering your roster. So it'll be interesting um, to see how exactly it's going to work out, but. I do want to make one final. I know we got really off topic of the world series. Oh, I no, I mean, this is very final. important. Well, I want to make one mm -hmm. final comment about this. I do think Tampa Bay made the right step this year in winning the AL East title over a very competitive Yankees team and semi-Blue Jays and then Red Sox. However, they need to take the next step. Otherwise, they're going to be stuck where they're at. Because was this a full – if this was a full season, maybe they would have won, maybe they wouldn't have. But from, this, from having this shortened season – I think they took the right step and figured out what their identity was, how they want to play. And now maybe it's time to, like you said, get an extra bat for the middle of the order, um, get a solid defenseman for the infield, maybe go after a semi, a bigger tier catcher. Their pitching isn't really lacking. Yes, it might be nice for them to, to finally get a four starter because they were really only running with three, uh, three good starters and then kind of switching out their uh, four and five but I think their bullpen was okay they were they did kind of get hit a little bit but I think as for an overall season when you look when Tampa Bay looks back on this season they will say okay we took the first step now how can we improve it and I think we will see them very active in this offseason with honestly I think a lot of teams are going to pass on this free agency due to the ramifications of COVID and, you know, taking a lot of uh, money out of the team's pocket to put into free agency. So we're going to see a lot of teams just kind of pass this year and maybe try to pick someone up later. But I think Tampa Bay needs to go all in this year if they're going to try to repeat to go back to the World Series. Absolutely. I think it's – I think um, ultimately it's going to come down to – um, you know, this, it's a high turnover, you know, like you said, there's a really long list of free agents this year, a lot of surprising names that, you know, I haven't heard be a free agent and, you know, for so long. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a changing of the guard per se, these next few years, um, be interesting to see all the newcomers, you know, I, I I've had to, you know, start studying up on some of the guys. Cause you know, 
um, you know, some of the staples in the game are, you know, hitting their 30s, 30-plus. So um, I look forward to the, this offseason. Um, hopefully everybody, everybody, you know, especially specifically, you know, the NL Central gets – uh, is a big player in free agency, and hopefully they uh, find a way to bolster their rosters. God, we're definitely showing our age. Having to go back and look up players and stuff. I mean, back when we were growing up, it was the easiest time remembering uh, the Tejeras, the Griffies, the Maguires, the Sosa. Well, I mean, if you if you click the you know, I'm just on the you know the free agent tracker, and you know, I just click the age tab, and I'm just sitting here at the top, Rich Hill. Uh, you got Nelson Cruz is up there, Adam Wainwright, Yadier Molina, Shinsu Chu, J.A. Happ, Edwin Encarnacion. Like these guys have just been around for so long that like it, it it's just I mean, I know I could tell you exactly what they did. The man, the myth, the Sergio Ramo. I mean oh, I mean that's a giant that's a giant great as well. <laughs> the giant choke artist. Um um, you got they got Lester, Cole Hamels, Charlie Morton, Brett Gardner, Jed Lowry, Annabelle I Sanchez. Charlie of, Morton is retiring, actually. He, he and he very well could be. I just know that he's listed to his contract. I just looking up expiring contracts. Yeah. So because I remember yeah. reading that he was debating whether or not Game Seven was going to be the last time he put a uniform on. So I'm thinking he might be on his way out, and he had a good career. I mean. And, I mean, it's just unbelievable the turnover. I mean, Alex Gordon, just think about it. He's 37. Like, he just – I feel like like it was yes yesterday that he won with the Kansas City Royals, and that was the dynasty that never was because they end up losing. And that was 2015, wasn't it? Or was it – No. 20, yeah. uh, 2015? 2015. Yeah, they lost in 2014 to the Giants, right? Yeah, the because the Giants won. The Giants beat them in 2014. Yeah, so they beat the Tiger. They swept the Tigers in 12. Then it was uh, Red Sox over Cardinals, right? In 13, or did or did the Cardinals win in 13? No, the Cardinals didn't win in 13. When did Cardinals the Cardinals win in 13? That was the Red Sox Cardinals. Yeah, Cardinals won in 11. It was Cardinals, Giants, Red Sox, Red Sox Giants, Giants, Royals, Ro- Cubs. Royals, Cubs. Uh, who was it? Was it uh Yankees? Red Sox? Was it Red Sox again? No, the Yankees haven't won. Yeah, it was Red Sox, Houston. No, it was Astros. It was that Astros. Was, that was uh it was Astros, Red Sox, Gate. Astros, right? Gate. Yeah, because 2017 was Trash Gate. It was it was Astros, Red Sox, Astros, Dodgers. Right? I don't think did the Astros win in 2019? Who won last year? I can't even think of I like I I was so was the Nationals. Interested. Nationals. Oh, I'm sorry to Nationals fans. I forgot that you guys. <laughs> That's the right. Year after Bryce Harper left. Yes, they won for without Bryce Harper. I was so happy for you guys. I forgot about that, man. Yeah, he Crazy forgets about you. But then again, I did kind of forget too. It's been I mean, a long, yeah, it's been it was a long the, year. It, it, they doubled up, right? It was them and the Cap. No, the Capitals and the Capitals won the year prior, and then they won. Yeah. Because. But. Of, yeah. Yeah. So, Moral story, we're getting off track. But anyway, moral story are. is this this offseason for MLB is going to be crazy. Um, it's going to be awesome to watch and see all these players get a fresh start with new teams. And something that I also I'm looking forward to, and we're just going to go right into it, is this football. Trade deadline, literally days away. As you can see, there's a lot of moves happening. Um, are already starting to kind of matriculate. Um Specifically, some big ones. Um, you have, uh, let's see, who we were just talking about him. Um, Carlos Dunlap is uh, now a Seahawk. Um, he got traded from the Cincinnati, uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Um, and then you have, I believe it was uh, Everson Griffin is a Lion. Correct. Yes, he was traded as well. And then um, Don Terry Poe was released. Um, by the Cowboys as well. Um, any other notable names that really have kind of been on the move? Or, or... Uh, we got Steve McLendon, who was a Jet. He is now a Buccaneer. Um, and a lot of these trades, guys, aren't for are for more picks, just to clear up some cal- uh, calories, some salary cap. 
just moving on, because like I mentioned earlier, this season is really in flux with how free agency is going to go due to the money that has been lost from ticket sales and everything else that goes into getting players to come for your organization. Because of this year has been so tough on teams, you're going to be seeing a lot of draft picks going going to and from teams to create extra space to maybe potentially sign a big name in this free agency. So that being said, uh, Steve McClendon was traded to the Bucks for a 2020 sixth round pick. Um, and the Bucks gave up a 2023 seventh round pick. Jordan Willis was also traded from the Jets to the 49ers and the Jets will receive a 2022 sixth round pick. Um, and this name, I'm going to butcher this so you can laugh at me. Is Yannick Njoku? No. Njoku. 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 Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm terrible at pronouncing names. Um, was traded from the Vikings to the Ravens. So, oh, no, no, no. I thought you were talking about David. No, not David. No, 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 no. no. Yo, Yannick Ngakwe. Oh, Ngakwe. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, you, you, I, I mixed two people up together because the way you pronounced it, I was like – Yannick Njoku, yeah, Yannick. Well, it's Ngakwe. Ngakwe. I apologize, Yannick. We're gonna be on a first name basis from here on out. Um, Yeah, it's Yannick. Yannick. But Yannick Antetokounmpo. That being said, it's completely defensive trading right now, um, as where it usually is mid middle of the season because you don't really trade a lot of offensive pieces unless your team is really playing bad. Now that being said. We could see a Matt Ryan to the Patriots midseason here. And this is looking – I mean, if you're the Patriots, I would rather have Matt Ryan over Cam Newton at this current time. And if you're the Falcons, do you really want to waste the rest of Matt Ryan's prime on a losing team because the defense can't hold the lead? Uh, you know, I think I think the Falcons have pretty much shut down the um, shut down in that regards. Um, they 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 don't want to trade Julio or Matt Ryan. Um, both of them, I think, I think they're they're trying to move forward with them. Um, some somebody who um, may be on the move, however, you know, um, looking offensively. Um, a, somebody who could be looking to maybe maybe uh, drop some salary would be the Giants. Um, I know that they have Golden Tate um, has a pretty bad contract in regards to salary for them. Could be a potential um, a, a a big impact. Um, I know that you know David Joku um, once out of Cleveland, and I know there's a lot of teams who would would. Um, he would, he would flourish, whether he be the number one tight end or possibly a number two tight end. Um, but it seems that, you know, people are focusing on defense because, you know, in this league, it, I mean, everybody's offense is going to put up points. It's going to be who can limit the amount of points as you've seen in this early season uh, with a lot of shootouts. Um, it's whose defense can step up um, whenever it, it counts. Um, but I think that, you know, Ultimately, with with the uh, trade deadline, somebody who you know not a lot of people are talking about and who could possibly be on the move is I mean you can get a lot for him, especially from a team who's you know say the um, the Cowboys potentially would be a Patriots and Cowboys trade for Cam Newton. Because if you think about it, you know, Dak and Cam have a lot of similarities. Um, he would be probably be a better option for you at quarterback than the other options that you have. I, obviously, it wouldn't be ideal for the Patriots, but if the Patriots got, you know, a third, fourth round pick for Cam Newton at this point, especially if you've already benched him, I mean, unless this is just a publicity stunt to get him to play better, but I think that this might be the real thing. He really has not shown anything especially in the passing game um, that he has really he's, he's back to uh, you know, his former self MVP numbers. Exactly. Um, I, I don't, I'm not a Cam Newton fan. I never have been, but I thought he was going to come out with a little bit more fire than he did. 
yeah, week one, we kind of saw him run the ball like he used to. But I've never seen him as a good passer. And he is clearly showing that this year. And I think he deserves to be benched. I think the Patriots need to shop and potentially get a a new quarterback moving forward. Whether they go to the draft, they we could actually see the Patriots. I think the Patriots, the Cowboys, the Jets, and the Falcons are going to be fighting for that number one pick come the draft. And I think that'll help either either the Patriots get a quarterback or hopefully secure the Cowboys on getting a better defensive pass rusher because their offense is already good enough as it is. They just need to grow that defense, and I think that could be beneficial getting the first round or second round, the first or second pick to get that kind of elite player from the draft. Yeah, and so, you know, a few players that could potentially – other players that, you know, have been rumored to have been shopped around, um, just, you know, just just even little feelers out. Um, you know, you have the Jets sitting there who are kind of in um, – I mean, they're kind of in a downward spiral. Um, there's not really a whole lot going for them. So somebody who could potentially be um, – uh, move would be like a Sam Darnold, um, you know, finish the season out with Joe Flacco, you're obviously going to tank and you're probably going to try to get Justin Fields. So at this point, try to get Sam Darnold when he has a little bit of value, maybe trade him to a team who needs, you know, a future, you know, you you also have to look at these teams who have aging uh, superstar quarterbacks. You have the Drew Brees, who is Jameis Winston, the heir to that throne. You have um, Phillip Rivers, who is Jacoby Brissett, the you know he, we've already seen him is he the heir to the throne you have the uh big ben you know there's only a few more years that he's going to be able to take it and we've seen we've seen mason rudolph and uh duck hodges you know we've seen them play and we we know who they are so it, it's it's time for these teams who you know obviously have aging you know you may maybe look at this you know it's i mean he's a project yeah but sam donald hasn't had anybody around him ever you know, you have him who's – I mean, he hasn't had anyone. He hasn't had receivers. He's had one receiver to throw to. He, he has doesn't have an offensive horrible line. offensive line. Exactly. That also brings me to my next person who's Dwayne Haskins. The man has Terry McLaurin. He's had like eight different running backs. He has a really bad offensive line. And, I mean, he, got, he gets benched. And, I obviously, I understand why. You know, he's not performing, but it's not – all falls on him. He has a lot of talent. You saw it at uh, Ohio State. So it's one of the, he's one of those people that if you give him weapons, you know he could potentially be the heir to you know one of these one of these teams. But those are two quarterbacks that potentially could be moved here in the next week or so, um, especially if they're all in on Kyle Allen and um, you know it's just it's just an option. And that and when we're talking about aging quarterbacks. I feel like we're talking about the ageless Tom Brady here, and I hate to call him that, but he has really impressed me this year with learning a whole new offense, going to a completely different part of the country. He started out a little rocky, yes, but he really found his stride, and he is playing not to his old MVP numbers, but he is playing some top-tier football. And... My next question is, who is going to take over that role when Tom Brady's essentially finished? Because he can't play football forever. So, so what? Uh, you just have to repeat that for like, what's your exactly is your question? Who? Where do you think the Bucks go after Tom Brady's done with quarterback wise? Well, I honestly think that. <sighs> I think that they that that they're going to have to either trade for one, possibly um, draft a late round one, um, you know, a late first round quarterback or possibly a second round quarterback. Um, th- but I think that it's important that they get him that they get a quarterback or a, a successor now rather than later. Um, 
you know, to groom, like, cause we've, we preach it, we preach it, we preach it. You know, the quarterbacks that get thrust into the starting role have significantly had, you know, worse, uh, worse outings and worse starts to their career than the ones that have, you know, had a chance to grow behind QBs. So I think it's important for them to start looking, you know, um, a name that like keeps, like I said, that keeps popping up is, is like the Sam Darnold. You got Dwayne Haskin, even Jacoby Brissett from, you know, the Colts who's just sitting there behind Phillip rivers. Is he the answer? I mean, if you look at his backups, he's got Blaine Gabbert and Ryan Griffin. Obviously neither of those names stick out to you as, you know, Blaine Gabbert's also an aging, um, he's aging as well. So it's, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Uh, you know, it's crazy to think that we have to think about a world without Tom Brady, but you know, it's right around the corner. So it has to be, I mean, he's getting up there. Absolutely. And you know, who knows, maybe this, maybe, you know, maybe Ryan Griffin is the answer, you know, maybe they're grooming him up to be, you know, maybe he is the successor to this. I mean, obviously we haven't seen, um, a whole lot from him, obviously, you know, with him being waved and everything like four or five times. So, I mean, who knows? It's, it's, it's too early to think about it. We have a long season ahead of us, but something to just keep in the back of your mind. Just remember, you heard it all here first, what we've been talking about. Whatever. Me calling Ryan Griffin the, the heir to the Tom Brady throne. Well, David said it first. I didn't say I, I, I didn't know. say that. I said <laughs> maybe he is. Maybe he is. Maybe he's not. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if, if he's he hasn't done anything, so I mean. All right. Well, we're gonna move forward now. Um we got an interesting football game tonight. We have the one and six Atlanta Falcons taking on the three and four Carolina Panthers in Carolina. Why? I don't even know where to start with this game. Um, let's start at the Atlanta Falcons once again, blowing a lead last week. Yeah. That they should have won. Yeah. I'm pretty upset. You know, it really, I mean, this game, I mean, I missed two games last week, so this wasn't the only game that cost me my uh, my perfect record for the weekend, but it was the one that hurt the most. You know, I gave uh, – I got called out um, in the comments, you know, for picking the Falcons um, on the last on, – on the Sunday pick them. And, you know, it did come back to bite me um, ultimately. And, he, I mean, this this team is – Honestly and truthfully, if they're smart, if they can somehow successfully tank this year and they are in the Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes, depending on, you know, obviously if Trevor Lawrence comes out. But I think if he legitimately is, you know, top three and has an opportunity to, uh, you know, go to a team like Atlanta where he's not going to be in the dumpster fire that is the Jets and they have shown in recent you know, pass that they, they can win. I think that, you know, maybe that, maybe they're the team to, you know, either trade up to get him or just lose and get him. Somebody's got to take over for Matt Ryan because he's declining fast. And if they want to get, you know, if they want to compete with Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, still relatively, you know, game, you know, like, I guess what I would say they're, they're they're still game changers. I think you have to win now, and you know I, it might be it's going to start with some you know at the top and work its way down. I mean, you say Matt Ryan's declining. I say Matt Ryan's still having a good season for despite being one and six. I mean, twenty one hundred yards, twelve touchdowns, three interceptions. Once again, this one and six is not on him. He is putting up numbers and putting keeping them in games. It is that deep that tragedy of a deep, what they call a defense on that team that is blowing these games left and right. I mean, let's take a look real quick. Um, the Seahawks, the Cowboys, the Bears. Packers game wasn't that close. But the Panthers and the Lions, all games within 10 points. 
all games where Atlanta had a lead at some point. And then they go and blow it. I feel so bad for Matt Ryan right now because he is doing everything he can. He's getting the ball out. He's throwing the deep ball. Every week he has a wide receiver in the top five with yards, touchdowns, that may be. But this defense has found a way to screw him repeatedly. And if I was Matt Ryan, I'd be super pissed right now because this team could easily be three and three going into this week. Yeah, you know, with this Falcons team, the, obviously the history has never really been on the side. They have been historically known for blowing leads and everything like that. And I think that that's kind of gotten to them mentally as well. And this defense, you know, it was they were proclaimed, you know, they were um, t- highly talked about, especially in the Super Bowl. Even when they lost, you know, they're like, this is a Falcons team that's going to be here and it's going to come back. And it's going to be competing because they had a really young, good defense. Defense. Well, they and didn't come back. The thing is, is they never showed back up. Um, and then they started to sign these players, and they just didn't pan out. And obviously, they're they're suffering the re- repercussions of it. Um, and it looks to be like they're going to start a fire sale on that defensive side, which I don't know why anybody would want some defensive players, but they do have. They are sitting um, Tack McKinley who is rumored to be um, on the, his way out of there. Um, well, the official official reasoning to nurse a groin injury he suffered. But we all know that he's being shopped as we, as we speak at this moment. Uh, yes. So, so, yes. So, obviously, the, the official reason why he's sitting out is, is different than what the real reason that he is sitting out. Um, so... With that, with that being said, I think that this Carolina team does enough to win, and I think that it's going to be a low-scoring affair. It'll be like twenty-four to fourteen. Um, about seventeen, oh. seventeen. You know, because the the best player on that Falcons team is going to get three points. You think? What you All think? Right. As in, are you like? Judging me for calling the man, the myth, the young Hoku. I mean, who's very, very clearly the best player on their team, leading the team with 58 points scored. Just saying. 15 of 16. Hasn't missed. Uh, actually, he's, I guess he has missed. He's, he's had one, one extra point blocked and one missed extra point. So, I mean, the man is pretty, for pretty on point. Um, we didn't, I mean, we haven't really talked about Carolina much. They might have McCaffrey back tonight. Um, no, sources, he's sitting no, out. They officially said, okay. Um, uh, from what I've heard, he's sitting out and they're going to bring him back next week. Um, they're not going to push him. He's, That's what not, he's not 100%. Um, it hasn't been confirmed yet, but that is everybody. Well, say the that word cause... on the street is everybody is expecting his return to be delayed another week because he's not 100%. Well, I was saying that because he's not on the injury report either. So, because he, he can be act, he can be activated by four today to play if necessary. However, that being said, this Carolina team looks very streaky right now. Um, Teddy Bridgewater can show up, but has chosen not to show up in four games. Um, now that being said, this one-two threat of Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore is a very good combo to have on your team. When McCaffrey gets back and healthy. I think this team could make a run towards playoff contention. The issue is, is when McCaffrey gets back, can he stay healthy? And if so, they have a chance to battle the Bucks to take over this conference. Yeah, I'm going to stop you right there. Um, this team is good, yes, of course. You know, they are going to compete in the rest of their games this season, looking ahead to their schedule. Um, they do have to face the Chiefs. The Bucks, the Packers, and the Saints again um, as well. And this team is not going to compete for a playoff spot. I'm going to give you four reasons why. Bucks, okay. Saints, okay. Rams, and Bears. Okay. Okay. Let me stop for, you for, right there. For for those four reasons, no. Listen. Because if you look ahead at this, I understand this Bears offense has not shown up, and the, there's a reason why they're five and two right now. But if you look at their schedule ahead, 
they have to play the Jaguars. These are the non-conference games. So you have the Jaguars, the Texans, and the Titans. And then you have all, all divisional games, other divisional games. You got Vikings, Packers. You get to play the Lions again, the Vikings again. This team is going to make the playoffs as a wild card, as one of the three wild cards this year. They're going to be probably be the third one in, uh, and it's going to be because of their defense. Their defense is just too good, and there's there's I'm saying it right now. They're going to be the third seed. You know this. It's going to be the the Rams, the 49ers. Uh, one of them is going to be the other wild card, and then you're probably looking at the Saints as the other wild card, and that is the reason why the Carolina will not make it. I don't agree with that statement at all. Okay, well, what was wrong with it? The Rams have had such a weak ass schedule to this point, where they don't even look like a team that could play in the playoffs. The 49ers are coming back. Yes, Jimmy G is a hitter, extremely hit or miss right now. I mean, he had last week was a crap game from the week before. That was a great game. We don't know. The only issue that I have is the Bucks. That Saints offense is really lacking right now, and they're able to squeak by due to Alvin Kamara. If Alvin Kamara gets hurt, that team is done. Michael Thomas will not be back to his original self anytime soon with his off-the-field problems and him repeatedly getting injured over the course of this season. And Emmanuel Sanders is hurt as well currently. Probably won't be back this week. So you're relying on two very, very new receivers. I think that the only way this team does not make the playoffs is if Christian McCaffrey stays injured the rest of the season. Sorry, my headset died. Um, Now that being said, once McCaffrey gets back, I guarantee, I will guarantee you this, David. Carolina takes one of these wild card spots. And you can quote me on that. Okay. Well, here's I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna rewind just for a second, you know, because this is something that I heard you say. You said that the Rams have not played anyone, yes? Yes. Okay, so they're sitting there five and two, second place in the NFC West. Let me just go through a few of these, you know, of their remaining schedule games. Dolphins. Cardinals, which the Cardinals are, are are showing that they are competitive, but just the Cardinals of old always show up against NFC West teams. The Patriots, the Jets, and the Cardinals. So right there, if you beat the Cardinals one time, you're going to beat the Jets, probably the Patriots, and probably the Dolphins. You already have nine wins. If you can somehow sneak away with one win from either the Seahawks that you play twice the 49ers or the bucks all you have to do is beat one of those you're in the playoffs the, a 10 and a 10 and what a 10 and 6 record is going to be in the playoffs okay and i'm telling you that they're going to make you said that they haven't played anybody that's the thing they they got lucky cuz they got the afc east which normally they'd have to play the patriots but the patriots are not the big dog they had to play the bills they lost to the bills but I mean, they're going to sweep the other three. I mean, that's th- three non-conference wins. And then you you have the Jets. I mean, or not the Jets, excuse me. And then you have, like, the Cardinals who, I mean, what Cardinals team is going to show up? I think I think you're, you know, you, you basically gave me a reason why the Rams are going to win because you said they have a cupcake schedule because that's how they're going to make it. I didn't say they're going to win in the playoffs. I just said that they're going to make the playoffs. I still I, 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 I'm totally down to make this a thing. Like we can like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> all right. Take all the right. Rams. I'll take we'll, the Panthers. We'll, we'll talk. Yeah. So that's the only difference. Are you, are you, are, are, are we agreeing on the, on the bears making it? I do think the bears will make it. Yes. Yeah. I think that just the way I'm the kind of, I'm kind of up, sold. I'm kind of sold that that offense will, will catch up to the defense at some point, but that defense is keeping them in games and that's all that they have to do right now. Yeah, I know that they're they're uh, probably in another place where I I mean, obviously, it, it, they could use somebody like a Golden Tate or if AJ Green ever gets put on the market, you know, another receiver wouldn't be terrible. Um, you know, they already have Jimmy Graham and Allen Robinson, 
But, you know, Anthony Miller, um, and I believe they have a young receiver that really hasn't lived up to the hype yet, um, D- uh, Darnell Mooney. Um, they haven't been able to step up when Allen Robinson's covered. Um, but, I mean, this defense is going to keep them in every game this year. It's just, it's just so a fact. What's going to decide this NFC North is the two games between Green Bay and Chicago because they still have two games to play. Um, other than that, it looks like Green Bay can win. win. Green Bay has the potential to win out due to their teams. I mean, they play the Vikings, the 49ers, the Jags, the Colts, the Eagles, the Lions, the Panthers, and the Titans, and then two games with the Bears. I think that's a very winnable schedule to me. Um, so that's – So so you don't think that – So you so basically what you're saying – we disagree on – so who's your third team then? Who's your third N- NFC wildcard team? Because you said the Saints NFC. aren't going to make it because um, their their offense isn't good enough. So their I'm just curious. I know. I'm just curious to who you think from from that, that side is going to make it because it's not going to be an NFC East team. It won't be the Lions or the Vikings. It's not going to be Atlanta. I mean, are you saying Carolina is going to make it? I mean, if you don't say them, it has to be the 49ers then. Because it, it has to be or, – or Arizona. Arizona or 49ers. One of those two teams – like, it has to be a NFC West team. Because there's no way any other team's going to make it. I mean, you say Carolina's going to make it, but there ain't no way Carolina's going to make it. I know the NFC West teams still have to fight, basically face each other. Um, yeah, they and- haven't all – I'm going to say this now. Um, right now, my pick is Carolina to make it. And the Cardinals to make it. The Rams are on the outside. Okay, so you have you have Arizona, the Carolina, and the Bears. Those are your three wild cards. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, and I, I'm going to go Rams, Saints, Bears. So we agree on the Bears because I think their defense is just too good not to make it. You know, obviously it does. I don't think it really even matters who they put at quarterback. I don't think really. I mean, I think Nick Foles gives you a better chance to win than Mitch does, but. I think, I think Mitch gives you the the deep ball and potential to. Make I think those he gives comebacks. you the, the yeah, and you know, obviously, neither one of them is really mobile, so it's not like you know they add a, add a yeah. fast yeah. So it's just play the hot hand, like um, you know, just don't do what the Bills did whenever and they continue you know and, and no well, yeah, and whenever they, they they sat Doug Flutie in a playoff game, yeah. I may not have been old during that game, but trust me, I get to hear about it from people who are like, oh, you're a Bills fan? Yeah. So, yeah, and I mean, the AFC is pretty decisive currently at this point. I, I, yeah, so so I think on the AFC picture, looking ahead, I think we're pretty well understand that it's going to be Kansas City's winning the West. Um, Titans Bumble's are going to win the South. The- Titans is going to win the South. Indianapolis will be a wild card. Um, Pittsburgh's Bal- winning. Then oh. they have still have to play the Ravens, don't they? Yeah, they bet. I think they play. I want to see their head. I want to see their head to head first before, before I make, make that heads. prediction. But those okay. both of those teams are going to make it, and then the the last one is probably the Raiders' spot to lose at this point. I mean, we could see Cleveland make a tremendous comeback. I don't see it happening. The Cleveland team, especially with losing Odell and whatever i don't know what baker is going to show up week to week right it's it's the the browns have to still have to place the steelers again and the ravens again i think they have they've only played once correct no they don't play the ravens again they've already played the ravens twice they oh no they do play no yeah they play they play number 14th yes so they play those two again they also have the titans the Jets. Um, but then I mean they do have Jets, Giants, you know, back to back weeks, yeah. um, and Texans. So if they could beat the Raiders here, I guess it's their spot. So I think this this whoever wins this game this weekend, and I'll talk about it more on Sunday. But I think whoever wins that game is going to in the driver's yeah. seat in the driver's seat for that third spot. Obviously, we have the Bills winning the East. Hopefully, I, I they need to they need to be big buyers at the and you know I say this and you know they're they they're obviously. Um, not necessarily um, haven't been in discussions for very much, but if they could possibly pick up a D tackle, um, we'll trade them a, you know, a draft pick or something. Cause it's win now time for, 
everybody on that roster. And, you know, obviously it sucks that we had three defensive linemen opt out the season and has really come back to bite us, but. But I am going to say Carolina wins this game by a score of 28 to 21. Okay. So you got 28, 21. I got 27, 14, I think, or I said, yeah, I said 20. No, wait. Yeah. 27, 14. I think is what I said. I think it'll be a touchdown difference. I think they'll make it. Oh, through. no, actually, I think it's a, yeah. You said it I was by 24, 24, 14 is what I said. Yeah. yeah. You 24, said you have no, 24, young, 17. I, I changed Hugh Q. Q. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, now that we got that settled. Ooh, we got, we kind of, we got, we had some fun there. That was, um, did you see Gardner Minshew is out with multiple thumb fractures? Yeah, he's out and uh, Edelman's, Edelman's out. Edelman's out, yeah. Yeah. But, all right. Well, I believe that is all that we have on the agenda today for our podcast today. Uh, yeah, no, not a whole lot um, else going on. I did think we forgot something with baseball. Uh, we did forget the big, the biggest signing of the day. Um Oh, good old hits <laughs> close to home. The man, the myth, uh, Tony Larusa coming back. Um, out of, I guess, what was he the uh, executive? Executive, um, you know, coming back at the age of seventy six. We'll see if it pays off for him. Um, he has, you know, the experience, and he's taken over for, um, a very talented White Sox team. Who, you know. Uh, a lot of people had making a run at the world series this year. Um, you know, the crazy statistic I saw is he's, I, I'm pretty sure it said that he is like 36, 35 years older than the next, like the oldest person on the uh, team. It's crazy. Like he's a ridiculous, it's just ridiculous, but he's the oldest manager in the major league by five years. Hmm. Yeah, he's 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 the only two. He's one of two uh, managers that's seventy five years or older. But yeah, so I I don't think that there's anything else that really needs to be said because um, we're talk about all the college football stuff tomorrow. That we will. All right. Well, then, on that note, guys, enjoy the rest of your Thursday. Take it easy and enjoy some Thursday night football with Carolina winning. We'll see. I mean, I, I, I think they'll win, but it'd be a real Carolina thing to lose. No, it would be a real Atlanta thing to lose. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now we're done on that note. Yep, sounds good. Peace. Peace.